This is the forgetting. The entire world, literally the entire planet, is going through a couple of the very prominent things that uh, people with, with dementia and the caregivers go through in their everyday lives. First of all, when you shelter in place, you, you're feeling isolation. Now, put that on steroids and those on the Alzheimer's uh, dementia train uh, deal with penetrating isolation and loneliness and confusion and stress. And so that's all uh, accelerated in, in coronavirus. Many of us on this journey have let our stereotypes go because there's strength in numbers and we've let the love that you just talked about that's inside us come forward. And, and that's maybe a good thing about Alzheimer's and dementia. Welcome, this is a special edition of Forgetting, broadcast to you from Fountain Pond Park in Western Massachusetts. That's where I am. Greg is at his home in Brewster, Massachusetts on Cape Cod. Sean Corcoran, our producer, is in his home in Needham, Massachusetts. And we're right in the middle of this awful quarantine, early quarantine period, uh, having to do with the coronavirus. And we wanted to get together over Zoom to resume our conversation between Greg and I, and also to talk about some of the special issues that caregivers and dementia patients might be facing in this harrowing time. Greg, it's so great to, I, I can see your, your face. It's so great to see your face and to hear your voice. Tell me how you're doing. Well, as we were talking before, and I wrote this down a long time ago, when I was a young man, my mentor in the newspaper business, this guy, Malcolm Hobbs, who used to cover the White House and went to Cape Cod later on to start his own, run his own weekly newspaper. He used to say, all good men are dead or dying. As a matter of fact, I feel rather sick myself. <laughs> it's kind of a joke, David. Can you laugh? At least I, I'm, humor me. I am laughing. The, the uh, Five months ago, I ended up with bronchial pneumonia, which I do on this journey a lot, as it was with my mom, who died from Alzheimer's. And um, in five months, I haven't been able to shake uh, the symptoms. Uh, I took some cough medicine before, but the cough is still there. The chills are still there, the tiredness, all, all the symptoms. And, and, and the doctors have basically said that um, with the fighting off the Alzheimer's and I have advancing prostate cancer and other medical issues that my body's at war and my whole immune system is totally compromised. So I've been laying low and getting to know my wife again. And I'm not so sure <laughs> she likes me, but that's, 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 a, that's another funny joke. So, <laughs> well, I, I know your wife and she's a very, very patient lady. So I'm sure she's, uh, She's putting up with whatever you can throw at her. I joke with her that I found her at night on social media, senior dating scene that, that was <laughs> silver singles. So I, I don't know. But the best I could do now is date a mannequin. So that's, uh, 
I don't know that anyone else would be interested. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're that you're. I, I'm. I don't want to say healthy, but I'm glad that you're not at least sick with this virus, which could kill you a lot faster than those other things. And and you're right to say that your doctor's right to say that you're you know at, at more significant risk. As you know, you're a bit older than me, but also these other health conditions make well, you more Well, I just turned to... 70 on, uh, I turned 70 on Sunday, my friend. Happy birthday to you. I'm sorry I wasn't uh, timely in singing a song to you, but I, I will sing to you when we stop recording. Well, okay. M- maybe another time, because I know you're busy. Yeah. That's a joke, uh, David. Um, but, so I, but my birthday present, I've been self-quarantined, so that's a nice birthday present. Right. Well, so let's let's dive right in because I think this is going to be a short episode and, and Sean's, it was Sean's great idea to bring us together through these kind of backup technologies just to, to and we're going to try to, to, to get this out as soon as possible so that people can listen to it while we're facing this really tremendous, tremendous odd social pressures and just terrible conditions of having to stay in our own homes and even even if it's with the, the ones we love it's it, it's claustrophobic and we and we don't have so many of the things that we take for granted in our lives namely other people and the resources of our of our communities so it's it's a great idea that Sean had that we could talk about how that particularly plays in the dementia world so that's a long-winded way of saying let's dive in and and t- tell me Greg what are what are your thoughts not just for yourself, but as an observer of, of how this, of how these new challenges play with, uh, interact with the, you know, all the, the ordinary harrowing challenges of, of, of living with dementia. Well, I, I took some notes here cause I knew you'd ask me that uh, question, but, um, and, and I'm feeling this myself, first of all, when you shelter in place, you, you're feeling isolation now. Put that on steroids, and those on the Alzheimer's uh, dementia train uh, deal with penetrating isolation and loneliness and confusion and stress. And so that's all uh, accelerated in in coronavirus. And um, yet, those of us know that when we turn the corner or society turns the corner on coronavirus, the isolation, the confusion, the stress, the uncertainty will remain for us. So it's, it, it's um, tell me if you think this makes sense as a word picture, but for, for those of us, coronavirus is like Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia on steroids in terms of what it, what it causes us. But um, I, I, uh, I, I think people have to try to fight through it and understand that um, they're not they're not alone. So you know, I, I want to rewind to the very first thing you you said a, a few minutes ago before I just got thrown off the network for a minute, which is I thought very profound, and I thought it's it's worth just dwelling on it for a second. Which is that, in a way, before we talk about the the special challenges faced by people with dementia right now. In a way, the entire world, literally the entire planet, is going through a couple of the very prominent things that 
uh, people with, with dementia and the caregivers go through in their everyday lives. Namely, they are uh, isolated from the community, very isolated. They, they, uh, are, they have day-to-day challenges of uh, just making sure that you know, they understand what's going on in their world and that things are, are working. There's a tremendous amount of uncertainty and anxiety about what's to come uh, because they, they really don't know, particularly the, the people with, with actual dementia, you know, the, the, the confusion just, you know, can pr- pr- uh, present tremendous And, and the anxiety. rage, David, is accelerated too. Go, go ahead, I didn't mean to interrupt, but. No, no, I'm glad you threw that in there because, because I'm isolated with my, with my wife and my son and we're, we're not dealing with dementia, but all of the things I just described you know, emotionally we're going through and, and the rage is there too. I, I, I have to say, I have, my wife and I have been in each other's throats. We fight over the absolute most idiotic things. And then we come around and we, <laughs> we recognize how, how ridiculous it is, but it's amazing how easy it is for us to get ticked off at one another just because we're so, uh, you know, we're all we have right now. And, uh, and so I, I think that that's really, a, a, uh, I mean, I'm saying it, so I'm not trying to pat my back self on the back, but, I, but now that I think about it, I think that's a really important point for all the people out there who don't know what living with dementia is like, don't know what the challenges are. Now you, now you have a taste of it with this quarantine and all this uncertainty and anxiety. It really does mimic a lot of the, the intense frustrations. Would, would, you, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, I mean totally. It, it 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 it's so ironic. Now, the world, if it pays attention, has a sense of what it's like to be inside the mind of Alzheimer's, and yet, those of us on this journey know that when coronavirus, uh, the the the, the uh, corner is turned on it, which hopefully we pray at some point soon that happens that we're we're all left out on on Pluto in, in in isolation and in anger and in fear and in confusion and and loss of self and um to to put things in perspective not to take anything away from the the dangerous assault we're under right now but there are 44 million people in the world dealing with alzheimer's and uh, other forms of dementia there is no cure and there will be no vaccine in most of our lifetimes. And it, it just kind of puts it in, in perspective. And I've talked to a lot of my friends who are on this journey, and I think the world is upside down, and we've had priorities that are now changing, which is in its way a blessing. But people might, when it's all through, reevaluating their lives, as I have, uh, might say, what else did I miss? about life. And I'm hoping one of the things that they see, what else did I miss are the 44 million people worldwide who aren't going to get healthy. Well, right. But, 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 you know, it's, it's also, don't you think it might be an opportunity, Greg, because if it's true that, that the, the, that the rest of us, those of us who aren't living with dementia, uh, if we're going through, uh, some of the, of the, you know, similar frustrations. I'm not saying it's, it's perfectly analogous, obviously, but if we're living through a, a, a collection of very similar, at least emotional uh, challenges, and we're able to 
uh, we're able to therefore uh, develop some some better understanding and some real empathy for people like you and, and Mary Catherine and people who are living with this thing. If we're able to kind of almost climb inside your world for a little bit, maybe that's going to maybe there's going to be a silver lining there. Maybe we're all going to have a, a, a lot more understanding for one another when we do finally you know get out of this craziness and maybe maybe that can be a gift to the to the dementia and the caregiving world oh i i think it can and i want to be careful not to take away any of the crisis right now the loss of life um we all have friends who who have been sick and 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 it's horrific so in in any way i don't want to take anything away from that i'm glued to the television as is everyone else I'm 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 just saying, as you pointed out, that if people uh, peel the onion back even more, they 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 will have a better sense of what it's like to be inside the mind of Alzheimer's, and I think in time, that can be a benefit to the cause of Alzheimer's. But first, we have to slay this demon, coronavirus. Exactly, and, and I, I I want to second what you said. I, I of course I'm not trying. In, trying to in many way in any way diminish the horror of what's going on now and no it's uh, horrific it's freaking horrific and uh, you and i are are talking in late march and uh and we know with absolute certainty that things will be much worse next week they'll be even worse the week after they'll be even worse the week after that we know that the next month at least is going to be just absolutely brutal in terms of the uh what happens in the hospitals what happens to to, to loved ones, what happens to people who, who are just not able to get just routine medical care because of how overwhelmed and overtaxed our, all of our systems are going to be. And it's, it's, it's so utterly, utterly tragic and sad given that, you know, a lot of this was predictable and we could have had actual resources in play. We could have had better plans. I'm not saying that you can, you know, that you can, there's an easy or a perfect way to, to handle this, but boy, oh boy, we're the most powerful, richest nation on, on earth. And uh, I happen to know as a journalist that this, uh, I, I've actually done some reporting on this topic going for many years. So I know for, uh, with a degree of certainty that this has been predicted and there have been plans sitting on a shelf and a lot more could have been done and, and a lot of the tragedy we're going to experience is, could have actually been avoided very very sad one of the things that maybe in good ways come out of this is 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 a, a change in all of us present company included of of our priorities a sense that however you want to define love we're all called to love one another regardless of our different points of view and if there's more benevolence, if there's more love as a result of that, that may take us to new places. But some of those new places put a focus on suffering that that's that's going to continue. And yeah. um, you know, we yeah. all we all thought the baby boom generation, of which I just turned seventy Sunday, is is um, we all thought nothing bad could ever happen to us. But now it's. Uh, it's a wake up call and, and, and it, 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 it changes priorities. It, it has ripples all the way through can I have cancer too. And it 
ripples through all all sorts of uh, uh, diseases, but in some ways it um, it pulls us together, and um, because we need each other, so we should stop yelling and screaming at each other, uh, respect each other's point of views, which everyone has a right to, but maybe there ought to be more more love, however you want to define it, and I hope. I hope we've learned something from this and, and well, that's, that's important. That, that really touches me, Greg. And uh, I, I, I feel, I, I, I know that you're right when you say those things. And I think I would put a slightly different uh, or add a slightly different spin to that, which is to say that we have the love and, and what this is doing, at least in my experience, social experience, is I think it's bringing out the love. It's it's just kind of making us all stop and be more humble and check in with with everyone we have. Thank God for the the internet and all the communic you know, the electronic communications that many of us, if not most of us, have. Uh, it makes staying in touch and checking in easier, and it, and it does break through a lot of the isolation. Obviously, it's not <laughs> it doesn't bring us together physically, but it is something. And, and whenever you hear, I mean, I've had a couple of friends, I, I myself uh, seem to have had a mild form of the virus about 10 or 15 days ago. And that brought out a lot of love from my friends and family. And I've since had a couple of friends who've been ill. One of them got very, very ill and almost uh, headed to uh, the hospital, was able, just barely able to avoid that and now is bouncing back. So every day in my life in the last two weeks has been filled with some pretty deep <laughs> thoughts about people, specific people that I love, that I would miss, why I love them, why they're important to me, how they've, what they've meant to me, how they've changed the trajectory of my life. And so I feel like it's been very, very humbling for me and emotionally, while, while terrifying a lot of the time, it's also been, uh, I feel like it's been rich in some in some way. And I'm, I'm sure on the other side of this, uh, I, I'm going to feel like I'm a, a better and a hopefully more giving and more empathic person. I guess maybe somewhat in conclusion here, what I'm saying is that, uh, and you're right, we all have the love. Maybe now it's coming to the surface. Those with Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia, um, that love has come to the surface sooner. And, um, we get close to people, white, black, gay, straight, uh, liberal, conservative. And when we come together in groups, we just, we let, there's this love that comes out and, and it doesn't matter that you don't think like I do. And, and, and so if people have a sense through coronavirus or what Alzheimer's dementia might be, Maybe they can also learn from the fact that that many of us on this journey have let our stereotypes go because there's strength in numbers, and we've let the love that you just talked about that's inside us come forward and and that's maybe a good thing about Alzheimer's and dementia yeah all right well uh greg it's it's fantastic to see your uh face and and hear your voice um and uh, I hope we can do a few more of these special edition conversations during this crazy uh, coronavirus life that we're all having to live through. And so thanks for taking the time and please stay safe and healthy and well. And, and uh, 
can't wait till I see you in person and give you a big hug. Love you, man. It kind of puts on Cape Cod sharks in perspective, this coronavirus stuff. <laughs> it, it certainly does. And uh, don't think for a second that you don't still owe me a hundred bucks because you still do. I'm looking for it. Oh, well, all right. I'm going to fax it to you, brother. I'm waiting for it. I'm looking at my... No, I just say I have plenty of money. It's just tied up in debt. <laughs> this has been a special and somewhat odd, but I think rich edition of the Forgetting, uh, the podcast that I, David Shank, have with my dear friend, Greg O'Brien, who uh, lives personally himself with dementia and and helps us to understand it better. And we're, we're together. We've been... St- Kind of, we've been exploring how uh, some of the some of the amazing uh, emotions and other challenges that come up uh, for dementia patients and vis-a-vis dementia patients and caregivers in this in this crazy world that we're all living with the coronavirus. Thank you to Sean Corcoran who who produced us and who uh, engineered us through Zoom, and uh, we'll we'll hopefully all uh, be talking to you all soon.